Let's pray. Father God, as we come to you this morning to hear your word, Father, I just pray that pray that you would open up our hearts, God, open up our minds, and open our ears to hear from you, Father, to let your word inform our lives, but God, to let our lives be changed by you. So, Father God, I just pray a blessing over this time together, Father, and that, that your, your spirit, your presence would just, just help us. In your name, amen. Amen. Okay. Honesty time here. How many of us waste time watching videos on uh, the internet? Yeah. Yeah, most people uh, go down that rabbit hole. And my mom may not like this, but uh, I'm telling a story about her. She'll leave... Her phone open, sitting on the couch with videos playing, and she's not even there. It's just got videos playing and playing and playing. But one of my favorite ways to waste time watching videos, and I'm going to get made fun of for this one, is watching like videos of, of old things being restored. A lot of times it's like tools and axes and that kind of stuff. I just find it intriguing to watch some of these old things be given new life. So what they do is they go and they take apart the old tools. So if it's like an old, I, I just watched one the other day. They took, it was like a, a, a hatchet multi-tool kind of thing from World War One or Two somewhere in there. They took this thing, they take the handle off, they take it all apart. And then they, they throw the, the metal into like a chemical bath with, and I don't know the process because I am not handy in this way at all. I think that's why I like watching these videos but it's this bath, and they put these poles in, and I think it's electrolysis. Anybody who knows? Is that what it's called? Electrolysis, where they hook up the electricity and it makes the rust come off? No? Something like that? Okay, we'll go with that. We're going to call it that. Uh, so then the rust comes off. They pull it out, and they start grinding it down to get the shine back. Um, they make it really shiny. They buff it. Uh, they fix any defects that are in it. And then they create new wooden handles for it because everything back then had wooden handles, none of this fancy fiberglass, carbon, anything. It was all wooden. And they, they reshape this wood into a really nice, fine-looking handle. They reattach it, and they give it some final touches and details. And the end product is a renewed tool that looks much the same as it would have when it was new off the shelf or wherever it came from. Uh, now, typically you're not going to use something like this anymore because it's probably a collector's item. I know a few people in here who would just love to have something like that uh, kicking around. But it's in renewed condition. It's been made new. There's new life that has been, been brought back to it through this process. Um, back to a, a similar state as when it was first created. Um, and we see the term renewal used all around us in our lives today. If you're like me, you may have forgotten to renew your driver's license. And they were very gracious to me this week with that. You 
you, uh, you need to renew your library books. You know who you are. But we need to renew things. We need to give life to them again so that we don't get fines <coughs> sometimes. But we need to give, give life to them again. And I'll let you in on a little secret here. God renews things as well. He's in that business. He, he's not going to renew your library books or your driver's license for you, but he's in the business of renewal. And that's the theme that we're going to explore today in Psalm 126. So as followers of Jesus, we, we have an amazing history of God's work in the world. We've got biblical accounts of what God did throughout history. The renewal that we see throughout the Bible, right? There's also historical accounts. There's historical revivals that have happened throughout history many, many times. It's happened over and over again. That is a renewal, a renewal of the hope that people have in Jesus. Now, when we look at verses 1 to 3 here, they show us that Israel made a point of remembering God's renewing work in their history. So this psalm is likely a celebration of um, the restoration of God's people being released from exile. That's a renewal. They're not in exile anymore. They're coming out. They're not under the hands of Babylon anymore. There's renewal there. And they're remembering that. That's a, that's a pretty joyous occasion, I think. And regardless of the occasion, yeah, it's, it's a joyful restoration. It's a God-given restoration. So that's important to note. It's a God-given restoration. And they're noting that here. It can't be manufactured by humanity. God sent it. He alone delivers. He alone blesses. And he alone restores. And that's all from in verse 1 there. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. He delivers. He blesses. He restores. No, not us. We can't do that. When we look at verse 2, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. We see that it's remarkable. God's renewal is remarkable. It was as if it was a dream. Sorry, I, I read part of verse 1. I wasn't supposed to. It was as if a dream, they note. When we say something like, oh, that's the dream, that's because it's something that is amazing that we really want, right? It would be a dream to just be handed a million dollars. They're saying that his renewal, what God is doing, has done in their lives, it's remarkable. It's as if it was a dream. And they had to make sure that it was real. And that kind of reminds me of when the disciples weren't sure if Jesus was real after the resurrection. 
because they were overjoyed. They were so full of joy, but they weren't sure that it was real. That, that giddy, dreamlike moment where you're like, okay, what's the catch? What's going on here? It was so crazy that they were laughing and shouting. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. That's how remarkable it was. So have you ever received such good news that you just, you, you can't help but smile and be excited about it? That, that job, that, you, that dream job that you wanted, that you hear about, or someone who was very sick, they're healed? And that's a, a, a normal reaction to unexpected grace. So when we feel the grace of something, throw it this way, if I didn't renew my driver's license and the, the police stopped me, I'd be expecting a ticket. A pretty hefty one probably, I would imagine. I don't know what it is because it's never happened, but I imagine it probably would have cost me a lot of money. But if, if that police officer sat there and said, you know what, I'm just going to give you a warning. I'd probably, you know, I'd probably be crying I was so happy. Never mind shouting. Right? That unexpected grace causes a great deal of joy. And so one of the fruits of revival is renewed joy. And in Jeremiah 31, 4, says, again, I will build you, and you shall be built, O virgin Israel. Again, you shall adorn yourself with tambourines and shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. Israel's being rebuilt. That grace is being shown. They're coming out from exile, and they're going to dance and sing, much like they did coming out of Egypt, right? The first song in the Bible, Miriam's song. It's a shout of praise, and they were excited. They danced. When we see the Spirit at work, there's often an overflow of joy and laughter. But as Pentecostals, evangelicals, we've never seen anything like that, have we? We don't see people giddy and joyful and laughing and maybe even getting a little tipsy, right? That's the spirit at work in our lives. So then the, this goodness, this renewal, it was also well known. They say that it was well known. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The psalmist declares that the work of the Lord, it, they, they, it was talked about among the nations. It wasn't just Israel talking about it. Others were talking about it. These activities served as witness to the nations. The good works of God served as witness to the nations. And all we really need to do to actually see that is look at the life of Daniel, right? They're over and over again. God's grace, God's good work, 
his hand was on Daniel's life. And that had an impact on the kings that he served under. We see it in the life of Joseph, uh, uh, who was essentially exiled into Egypt, sold off into Egypt is probably the better term, who had the favor of God and was lifted up to a place of authority. And that was recognized. Esther, we see it in her life. There's all kinds of examples throughout, and that's what they're talking about. The, the, these works, this renewal, it's witness of God's mark on their lives. Psalm 98, 1-3 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen salvation of our God. It's noted over and over again throughout Scripture that the work of God was known to the nations. And that was a promise to Abraham. That was one of God's promises to Abraham that they would be a blessing to the nations. So this memory of past renewal that they have experienced provides hope for renewal in the present. So when we reflect on the past, it inspires hope for new mercies today. The psalmist points out two different ways to bring about renewal. So when we look at this, there's two, two things that the psalmist points out. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. They're praying for renewal. God, restore things. Restore them. What God has done before, he can do again. And we... We pray and we ask that he continue to send renewal. The imagery that they use here is, is actually really beautiful. So the Negev was a region that was very dry. Um, it saw very little rain, unlike us today. When it did rain, though, the water filled the stream beds and it gushed forth. So the, the dryness went away, the, 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 the rain came and it just filled the stream beds and the water just ran. And it brought new life, it brought renewal. What an amazing picture of what God's renewal looks like. God's spirit pours out on us. And it, it just overfills us and brings new life. And when, when those streams filled and new life sprung up, the animals would come. They'd be drinking. There'd be food for them. The same can be with us. When there's new life, when there's renewal, people see that and people are drawn to us. 
and it's an opportunity for us to allow God to feed them through us. But we can't cause the rain to come ourselves. Doesn't matter how much I dance around, it's not going to rain more. We can't manufacture renewal by our own hands. God sends renewal. And we need to be desperate for that blessing. We need to cry out to God in prayer to send renewal. Any major movement or revival in history was preceded by a time of intense prayer and crying out to God. Renewal should never be imagined apart from desperate prayer. So pray for renewal. Verses 5 to 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bears, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. So they're talking about sowing for renewal here. This imagery complements the prayer. So even though we can't manufacture renewal, we can labor for it through our faith in God. We sow the gospel through our walk with Jesus, through the life that we live, through the things that we do, the people that we talk to. We sow the gospel. God sends the rain. That's our prayer. There's a promise of spiritual harvest to those who faithfully sow. As we know, farming is quite a common image throughout the Bible. So it's not, it's not a surprise to see something like this. It's frequently used to illustrate Christian ministry. Like farming, joys are experienced through toy, uh, toil, through toil and faithful, persistent, broken-hearted labor. Ministry isn't glamorous. It's dirty. But it's something that we're all called to in some form or fashion. Over time, by God's grace, we can see fruit and experience renewed joy. Over time. When you plant seed in the, in the field, and I know this isn't a farming community, but we all get the idea. We have gardens. When you plant something, when you plant seeds, we don't see it overnight spring up. This isn't Jack and the Beanstalk. It takes time. Tears and labor precede it. Tim Keller says, gospel application and gospel innovation are the ways the true gospel is brought home to people. Gospel application involves preaching, personal evangelism, small groups, informal conversations about the gospel, and pastoral counseling. 
Gospel innovation involves the creative and missionally appropriate ways we do gospel application. So in other words, in seasons of renewal, the gospel is sown faithfully, wildly, widely, wildly too maybe, might be wild. I planted my garden this year by pretty much throwing seeds into bed. Constantly and effectively. In seasons of renewal, the gospel seed is sown faithfully, widely, constantly, and effectively. So that means that we continue to reach out to people. We continue to sow. And not just to one or two. To everybody. That's our job. To everybody. And we do it well. We walk out our faith. Not just on Sundays. But also on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe skip Thursday. No. Thursday too. Friday and Saturday. We act like followers of Jesus every day of the week. And in every interaction that we have, no matter how frustrated we are, we show grace, we show compassion. So historically, both of these dynamics, um, a recovery and proclamation of the gospel seed and dependent prayer, were present in seasons of renewal. When we talk renewal, we talk revival, those things were present. I mean, the, the, the mission movement came out of a prayer meeting by a haystack. A group, of, a group of young men who said, you know, why can't we? Why can't we bring the gospel to the, the nations? And they prayed. There have been movements that have prayed for renewal and revival, and then it comes. Acts 2, 42 to 47 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. God was growing the early church. They were praying together. They were living out their faith together. They weren't doing it on their own but they were, they were asking for it. Some groups are insistent that one of these things is more important than the other. So some pray but never labor, and that's just laziness and presumption. And some labor, labor but never pray. That's pride and self-righteousness. They go hand in hand. We need to do both. Some are stronger in prayer, but you're still called to labor. And some are stronger in, in labor, but we're still called to pray. Just because I can 
walk around and do programs and do good works doesn't mean that I'm not called to be praying because I better be praying. So today, I encourage you to embrace a life marked by both of these things. Pray and sow. God has sent renewal in the past. and He can and will do it again. So Father, I pray that you'd that you'd bless the hearts of the people here today, Father, that these words, God, they would fall on soil that's been readied by you. Father, I ask that as we come to the table here, Father, and we pray together in a moment, God, that, that you would move through your work. God, that the nations would again know who you are, that you would renew and restore the world. God, that's your business. That's what you're into. And God, I just pray that we would be able to move towards that with you, Father, that we would be instruments of that grace. God, I just pray that, um, that yeah, as we move to the table, Father, that these things would be on our hearts, that, God, we'd be committing to um, responding to your call on our lives. God, we ask these things in your name. Amen.